We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, now now we're good. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's live show. Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague. It is a late, later edition. It's not a totally late night edition of the live show, but uh, due to technical issues and scheduling demands for both of us, I had a uh, severe work emergency that took up most of my day, uh, which uh, spent a very long time trying to clean that mess up, <laughs> <laughs> and then tried to catch up on all the text messages I had, and then you had coach duty. Yes. And now here we are. So, again, mm-hmm. thank you, everybody, for your patience. We appreciate you. Um, obviously, the Portland Trailblazers did not make a move today, but we'll get into that. We'll get into the press conference. We'll get kind of a 30,000-foot view uh, from the league down and then work our way down to the Blazers and what's happening, what's going on. Thank you. We appreciate you. We love you. Like, rate, review, subscribe. If you're here uh, for the first time, welcome in. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, we've seen a, a bunch of new subscribers over the last couple hours. Uh, it's been awesome. We went from uh, 2,400 to almost 3,000 in the span of a day and a half. Let's go. So we're, I think we're about 180 short now. So um, our goal of 4,000 by the end of the year uh, may have been a little low. So uh, thank you guys so, so, so very much. We appreciate you. Again, like, rate, view, subscribe. And if you're new to the show here, please subscribe. It's free. It's easy. It helps us grow. Without further ado, Brandon, mm. Senor Sprague, yes. uh, what is your overall takeaway from the NBA trade deadline? Uh, I want to be as transparent as I possibly can when I do stuff like this. So I will kick off the podcast by saying I text you once the deadline was about wrapped. And I said, snapshot reaction. Fuck this team blow it up, trade everybody. Mm -hmm. And then I said, rational me. I get it. It's not easy to make major moves on the deadline day. Uh, The biggest move of all will happen on the East Coast. And at the end of the day, we'll get into this stuff. Portland did probably the most important part. They got rid of and got out of some bad contracts. Um. Overall, this has uh, been about as successful as I could have imagined, as weird as that may sound. And we'll get into the, the press conference mm. part of this from uh, Cronin's point of view. And you kind of alluded to it. Moving C.J. McCollum's deal is not hard, or not not, not easy. No, Joe said that much. <laughs> and in the discussions that I've had in the last couple of days, everybody was pretty impressed with the haul that they got. And these aren't people who are like, 
trying to impress Joe Cronin. These are people who are trying to take away from Joe Cronin, who work for other teams, who are sitting there going, no, they did pretty good. Like, uh, to be honest, that they, they did better than I thought they would. Yeah, quick. I heard quick today on our radio station basically say people he had talked to told him that the Blazers were really caught off guard at the beginning of all of this because they expected a bigger haul for their two dudes in Norman CJ. And they were almost caught off guard by the market being as bare as it was because the league largely doesn't value and view CJ. Uh, I think the way a lot of fans did, and, and it mostly has to do with the contract more so than the player. Um, and James Barker says, sound like they helped let CJ pick his destination. CJ's known for a while that this was pretty likely, but I will say this. There's a reason why I was driving home the New Orleans stuff for so long. It's because I had heard this for basically a month. Um, but more than that, I was told that this probably wasn't going to happen at the deadline. That this was going to happen this summer. Mm. That the Norm, the, the Norm uh, Covington deal was going to happen. That was that was very likely. Almost yeah. a guarantee. Yeah. Um, the CJ deal, everyone was like, ah, I don't know. And then over the last four or five days, it was like, it's happening. It's 100% happening. Here's what it looks like. Here's what it's going to be. And then they kind of haggled over what uh, that was going to be. But let's let's get the, the big news of the day out of the way, Brandon. Is Maury vindicated? Okay, so I'm going to have to bring this up tomorrow, and I'm glad you asked that tonight. I was thinking about this today. Um you know, technically people are saying he won, right? He mm -hmm. wanted James Harden. He wanted a player of Cardin's caliber for Simmons. He won. I actually think the Nets got the better end of that deal. Ben Simmons with Kevin Durant. You got Seth Curry as a roaming shooter who with Joe, Joe Harris is out now. So like you got Seth Curry to make up for that. Kyrie is Kyrie, but man, when Kyrie plays, he has the ability to be amazing. I, I know. Um, I thought they got the better end of that deal. Look, Maury ultimately got what he was looking for. Did both teams I, get what they wanted? Well, I, I, I no, because I don't think the Nets wanted to do this. I think this is something that had built. But I'll say about the Maury thing, I'm not going to give him all the credit in the world, as dumb as that may sound, because if Kyrie gets vaccinated and doesn't create this situation, I don't think that this situation happens. That's probably true. So it's not like all 100% Kyrie's fault, because James Harden's kind of a quitter, but... Kyrie Irving really drove this thing home the last month. I will say, <laughs> I, I love that. Shout out Kevin Dew in the chat. We appreciate you. Um, I, I want your sandwich, by the way. Yeah, I'm, what I'm, the? Yeah, can we talk about that? Yeah, we can. You know what, real quick. Kevin, you cannot say that JoJo is building a sandwich with you and it's only for one day and then my crippled ass can't go get it. That's entirely unfair. By the way, I know they sold out, so kudos to Kevin and JoJo, but like, you also can't create a sandwich out of left field and then sell it for 25 minutes. Like that allows no time for guys like us <laughs> to get our sandwich loving asses down there. Do you know how far I have to drive for that thing? You know, <laughs> monsters. Uh, speaking of monsters, uh, Ben Simmons might play basketball again this year. All because this all worked out. He gave up $19 million in fees and fines and however you want to trace all this stuff back. This is... It's kind of crazy. I, I've been mostly sarcastic tonight just because I've seen some people say, I, I don't know how this is going to work basketball-wise. And I'm like, you don't know how Kevin Durant, a playmaking defensive savant, a Curry, and another shot-creating shooter is going to work? Weird. It's almost like we have some kind of profile to build upon there. 
Yes, the best point of attack defender in the entire league and a plus playmaker, probably one of the five or six best passers in the league, playing alongside the best shooter of the generation. And I'm not talking about Steph Curry. I'm talking about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is a better pure shooter from the floor. It's disgusting. There's nothing you can do to stop it. Then you throw in Kyrie, who you take all of the non-basketball stuff and you just look at basketball, and then you throw in Seth Curry. That is a monster waiting to happen. If they can just get it on the floor and mm-hmm. not and not get matched up with Toronto. For those yeah. who are wondering what I'm talking about, with the way things currently stand, if Toronto and Brooklyn match up in the playoffs, Kyrie can't play in any games. Yep. He can't get into Canada and he can't play in Brooklyn. Well, I mean, look, Simmons is, we're going to have to show us a lot, right? He's going to get back into the flow of what he was. I'll say I was bummed about that. Like, first of all, shout out our guy, Wendy. We're Mm -hmm. both friendly with Brian Windhorse. He's a really nice guy. Uh, He kind of stuck his neck out there. Hit the home run today. He did. Woj Woj poo-pooed it. And then Wendy stuck with it. And Mm -hmm. then once Chris Haynes like went, they're in talks. I went, oh, that shit is done. Oh, it's done. Yeah. Uh, By the way, a stripper actually broke the news. I don't know if anybody saw that. Last night. Yeah, she said James Harden, she gave James Harden a lap dance and he told her that he was a sixer. And uh, boom, here you go. But um, no, I was bummed because I I really wanted Ben. I know Ben is a controversial polarizing figure for many because of how he's acted this year. But I think top end talent wise, Portland couldn't have done better than that. So I was really rooting against that deal getting done. But again, once Haynes <laughs> yeah. said it, I was like, that's it. Yeah, no, and that's, that, and that's the bummer. Was kind of the, Let's bring it back to Portland real quick. The, the reason I was hinting at this so heavily was because everybody behind the scene had it pretty much penciled in that if James Harden became a free agent, that the number one spot for Ben Simmons is going to be Portland. He was going to be amenable to it. it they were going to be able to give up one of the first-round picks and probably Josh Hart, and that was going to be, a, I mean, Philly would have got their guy and not given up anything and gotten more back in return. Let me do the uh, Kurt Angle. (laughs) Hey, Vegas, Vegas had Portland as a favorite for a very long time. And we all kind of went, what? Come on. There was your pathway. Unfortunately, again, Kyrie and the Harden thing, it just boiled over. So uh, that's the big move. A couple cursory moves that caught my attention. Uh, the Celtics getting Derek White is not getting the love it should because Derek White's like a natural playmaker that it's kind of player. facilitates. He's just a mm-hmm. good basketball player. And now they can run a lineup of smart, white, Jalen, Jason, and I don't care. <laughs> like, you probably want to get a, a, an additional shooter out there, but yeah. they, they just have a bunch of dudes, and I don't know how well it's going to work, but I was kind of irritated. When I saw the original the original tweet from Shams was uh, Josh Richardson straight up, and I was like, there ain't no way in hell Greg Popovich <laughs> just gave up Derek White for Josh Richardson. No right. way, no how. It is what it is. And that I thought that was a really sneaky move that they got done. The other big move that I don't think is really being talked about enough is the Mavericks just – Yeet! Just Whoa. shot Chris Stapps out of a cannon. I knew they were shopping him, but in no Oof. way, shape, matter, or form did I expect them to take on Davis Bertans' dead money. Like, that is a – that's Alan Crabb contract. Oh, it absolutely is. Um, you know, there have been rumblings about the KP thing. I didn't think that was happening on the deadline. No. And for that? Yeah. But What are we – what is what is Dallas doing? Mark Cuban came out and said, listen, 
We signed Dorian Finney-Smith. We hope we yeah. can sign JB, Jalen Brunson in the offseason. I'm going to be in luxury tax hell next season, but that's okay. Which, God bless him as an owner. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, but he said, after that, our books are going to be clean, which we talked about this, like getting Luca the opportunity to have cleaner books kind of going forward. And that's that's a big thing. Um Ahmed Alkabi says or asks, I think or says, I think there's a strong chance that Lakers blow it up this offseason being stuck with Westbrook contract. What do y'all think? I don't think they blow it up. I you don't can't, think they can. How do you get rid of Westbrook? He has a player option. He's definitely opting in. It's going to be damn near 50, if not 50 million. Um, they tried like hell to trade him today, and nobody bit. Oh, I mean, people were willing to bite for that unprotected 2027 20, sure. first round pick, which was right now LeBron aging out, AB yep. looking a little broken. That pick could be wah, real quick. <laughs> so, um, a lot of things, a lot of things happened. Remember, we were talking about going into the trade deadline, Brandon. We were like, ah, oh, it's not going to be that busy. It's not going to be that busy. It was dumb busy. There were there were more big moves at the deadline than in any cup last couple of years that I can remember. The funny thing is, I read an article two days ago. CJ McCollum will be the biggest name traded at the deadline. It's like, whoops, that aged poorly. Yeah, no, you had some big, big, big names, obviously between Ben and and uh, Harden. Uh, and and the and I mean honestly Seth Curry being included in that is not exactly like a, an undertaking. Well, and Philly didn't want to give him up. They were trying to sub him out with Corkmaz, and mm-hmm. and Brooklyn was like, "Fuck off, give us." I, the, I heard up until player. the final bell, Matisse was in the deal, and they are so so fortunate to have kept Matisse because if Brooklyn would have got Matisse, I would have had a hard time picking any team to beat that team. Yeah, because all of a sudden now you have size, length, shooting, Ben, KD, and Matisse. Are you kidding me? Good luck yeah. scoring on that. And you, you just basically play a small ball lineup to close games and you dare a team yep. to put a center on the floor. Yep. Because they're going to have to guard Kevin Durant on the other end. Yep. It's what the Warriors did, and it was hell. <laughs> it's like, sure, you can hide your center on Draymond Green and pick and rolls, but now we're just going to pick and roll your center. So good luck. It's what the, it's what the Clippers did to Utah last year. Mm-hmm. So they, they, were, they said, listen, Gobert's a great defender, but he's not as good away from the rim. So, not outside the pain, he's not. No. So, um, it's it's an interesting place to be. Um, Portland Trailblazers did not make the move for Jeremy Grant. I think I saw the first con or first um, comment when, when I fired up the, the stream tonight was, uh, "You made me think we're getting Jeremy Grant." They went after him. They went after him hard. Yep. I heard part of the reason that, that they went after Joe Ingles and, and swung things the way they did was they were looking for more capital to be able to include possibly in a Jeremy Grant deal. They wanted two firsts. The Blazers just unfucked their paperwork. Yes. They were not going to do it again. (laughs) That was like, and honestly, I'm glad they didn't panic because they were in a position, and we talked about this coming into this. They were in a position where I could very much see them saying, we need something shiny to show when we go up to the press conference and say, look, we're not kidding. But they didn't, they didn't panic. And I'm, I'm, Pretty glad that they didn't. I was I was bummed, admittedly, that they didn't mm-hmm. get Grant. I was I was really hoping for it, and it's not over. You know the the I forget his name. I'm drawing a blank, but he writes for the Athletic, covering the Pistons. Oh, James uh, Edwards. James Edwards. Thank you. He wrote a really good piece about this. It, it, he basically went into the Jeremy Grant market, and he highlighted it. Portland was the favorite. They were the strongest team to push for Jeremy Grant, but at the end of the day, they wanted too much draft capital wise. And Portland was like, look, we're going to have two picks. We ain't giving them up for Jeremy Grant. It's going to be revisited in the summer. It's in that report. 
this will get um, this will get brought back up. And if Dame has a good relationship with Jeremy, you'd imagine he's going to start finessing that in the side. And we'll see what happens in the summer. I, there's no guarantees here. This podcast isn't guaranteeing so-and-so is coming to Portland. We just talk and share with what we hear mm-hmm. and share with what we read and give opinions. I was admittedly a little bummed they didn't get Jeremy Grant, but I'm with you 100% that they didn't go, well, we have to get somebody or the fans are going to kill us on Twitter. That That's something that, that some teams That's do. something the Kings do. <laughs> and, and Portland didn't feel the urgency to have to do that. Now, I think it's fair, Danny, to wonder, because I know you're going to get to some Joe stuff. I think it's totally fair and within every fan's right to maybe not feel the most confident today, to think, well – yeah, we got rid of contracts, but like, what do we have? And, oh, we're going to go into free agency. I get the skepticism. I actually push for people to be skeptical of it, but I'm going I'm to verify. I'm going to continue to stay a little positive because they've got that space. And, you know, Joe did the hardest thing that this franchise has not been able to do or wanted to do. And that is clear the books. And, and we'll, let's, let's press progress for a little bit here to the, the press conference. Um, because we do have to get you out of here relatively soon. Um, one of the things that, that Joe opened up with, with with his opening comments was, this. the gist of it is, this team, they were up against it. There was no more changing it. It was the Titanic. They were swapping out deck chairs. You you can't continue to swap out deck chairs. The, the analogy that I have been running with today is, you're throwing the chairs off the boat, and you're getting off that boat. And the one thing you did was you took the captain, and you said, Captain, come with me, and you're getting on a new boat. You're, you're taking a new boat. You're taking a new path. Everything is new. We're not on that ship anymore. And mm-hmm. in order to do that, you had to scuttle it. You had to sink it. And that's part of that sucks. I get it. I get it. And for people to spend nine-plus years investing in that version of the team, or seven, if you want to say get – or seven and a half, whatever. Right. That's a lot. And so you want that immediate gratification because they haven't sucked. Like, they've been okay. But the difference between being okay and even good and sucking is a chasm. It is a chasm. And they suck right now. Yeah. Like, they do not get it twisted. They are a bad basketball team right now. They might be the first or second worst team in the league, despite what they did last night. Yet they are one of the worst teams in the league right now. Yeah. Hands down. There's no doubt. Uh, it is gonna. They're gonna play some ugly basketball. They only, thankfully, shout out. They only have ten more home games remaining, so they can only be so bad at home <laughs> for so long. Um, but uh, basically, Joe said, "We're done with this. We want to play this way. The guys we had don't play this way. So this is the way we want to go. And now I'm gonna attempt to do and hopefully not break everything. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we're still active. We're still good. Okay. okay. All so. Right. What I'm going to attempt to do now, I am going to play a couple questions, the opening questions that we got in the Joe Cronin interview, and we will go for them. The first one you're going to hear is from Jason Quick of The Athletic. Questions? Joe, you said you wanted to balance the roster, but it still looks really weighted with a lot of guards. Can you explain how you felt like to balance it? Balance it for next season. So these all these transactions the last, let's say, 10 days were – focused on next season's roster. This season, it's still unbalanced, but part of this is injuries and guys will be coming back and whatnot. And our full intention, though, is what does next season's roster look like? And we feel like that one will be much more balanced. All right, so the first question here. 
the whole idea of the balanced roster and the fact that they have nine guards right now from Jason Quick. Uh, again, I I commend Cronin for basically he did not mince words. He mm-hmm. said unequivocally, "We don't give a shit about this season. It is about next year." Yeah, that's what this is about. Yep. And I was like, "Thank God, it's finally out in the open. We're not doing this anymore. It's this is it's it's done. It's he he tried to kind of sell a couple things, uh, you know, Bledsoe and this that. I was like, uh, you kind of have to do that. I think general managers are like they're natural liars. Yes, and you have to be. You yes. have to be good at it. Uh, it's a bluffing game. Yes, and I, I think Joe's got a pretty decent poker face, but he does. He so far in these in these press conferences, in opportunities where he can, in opportunities where he can divulge information, he is willing with it, and I think that allows you to trust him a little bit more. I know you're going to get to another cut or two. I just want to throw out like my biggest takeaway from today is Joe Cronin was operating, not agreeing with Neil O'Shea at all for the last couple of years. Yeah, we, we, we've had this like, well, well, what if? What if he's 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 Neil 2.0 and, and and he wants to do this and he wants to do this and it was really and it's like <laughs> no he he just did to Neil what Neil did to Terry except Cronin did it in a polite way and he did it a half dozen times in a press conference. Well, I thought today, I mean, he was polite. He didn't name names, but I thought today and him he and Chauncey over. really backed over Neil yeah. today, and it was great. That, it, it would it was absolutely deserved yeah. and it was spot on. Like this dude understands that this roster had to change. There was no more kicking this can down the road. And you know what? I'm all I'm all good with anybody admitting the truth. The truth is this team is actively losing games to acquire a great draft asset, whether to keep that and use it for themselves or to maneuver that and go to a team whose star suddenly goes, I'd like to play with Dame. However, they use that doesn't matter to me. It's that they try to get it. Because that they know this isn't good enough. What, what are you going to be the eight seed? You want to get to the play-in game and do what? Get swept? I'm watching Phoenix just blow the living hell out of Milwaukee right now. No, thank you. I want nothing to do with that matchup. Dame's hurt. Joe Cronin leaning into it. And I love it because, look, actions speak louder than words, right? Mm-hmm. Neil was all about words. We're going to do what we can. We're building a title contender. He never quite did the move. Joe didn't say that, but Joe showed us what he was thinking of this team. He ripped the Band-Aid off. Yes, he did. There was no more, uh, well, what if, how about, I think I, well, no. There was no more finessing. It was, yeah, we're done. We're done. We're done. And this is all I've ever wanted. Had had Neil never been fired, had he done this, you know what I'd be saying about Neil right now? Good job. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Right. I don't care who's in that chair. Neil could continue being the ass that he was had he just done what was necessary. Mm-hmm. And that's the fact that Joe's doing it in a way it's a lot nicer <laughs> makes it more enjoyable, certainly. But sure. that's all I've ever wanted. I think that's all you've ever wanted. I know other people in the India in the in the industry and fan base have all said the same thing. Just t- give it a real shot because running it back for the seventh year was the most asinine shit I've ever seen. I mean, it was a, it was a clear mistake, right? Like that, that's not even a debate anymore. He threw Terry under the bus and Terry had to bite the bullet for that disaster of a roster that he created. The dude tied all his cap space up into three, six, three guards. I mean, who does that shit? Who tells themselves in a fan base? Like that's the logical move that you need to be making. This is Um, the year for CJ. This is the year. I think it also goes to show like 
Joe's a pretty well-respected dude within that organization. He might end up getting that interim label ripped off and, and become the permanent. But I think it goes to show you exactly how things were rerun in that organization with Neil. It was basically, I don't give a shit what you say. We're doing this and we're doing that. Because if Joe Cronin had a legit voice to speak out and, and tell Neil, like, dude, we have to do this, you're not having this roster run back. That was clearly a Neil O'Shea uh, mo so like i thought that was abundantly clear today joe being involved with the organization for so long but neil clearly swinging the power sword all over yeah i mean again president of basketball operations carried a lot uh a guitarist says cronin the org is committed to a direction this is something you expressed concern about the org instead trying to tread the middle road in a prior show yes mm-hmm. yes and this is what i said show me action show me action i have been sold and uh, and that's where i get when people are right now when they don't have something to show for what they did other than stripping it down. I understand the frustration. I'm not, I'm not frustrated with you guys at all. Like I get it. I, I, for those who know me, who I've talked open with for the last seven years, they know how I have viewed this organization. I just want a direction and stop middling, stop. Well, dancing around stuff It's driven me crazy for years. If they miss out, they miss out. That's how it goes. So I, I think it's fair to bring this up. I, I want to highlight because Quick said this, and it kind of made me think a little bit. I think right now you look at the team as is, and it's a lot of like, what's going on here, mm-hmm. right? They're clearly losing, and the roster's trash. Quick said, basically, it feels like they're one foot in, one foot out on Dame. Now, I think a lot of that has to do with allowing the summer. They're going to go for the big fish. Joe alluded to that today, that they are going to go big game hunting in trades and in free agency, whatever you guys think that'll be in free agency. But I think he had a point of as quickly as we're hoping they can build this thing back up with a healthy Damian Lillard. It's not impossible or dismissive to say, it doesn't go quite how they plan, right? Like plans don't always go according. They can fall flat on their face, 100%. They absolutely could. And what are they willing to do if they do that? That's, I think that's an important question this organization has to ask itself before they dive into the summer. All right, let's, there's a couple more questions we want to get into here that they, that they asked right away. Before I do that, I've seen a lot of people in the comments, and I've seen this on Twitter today, about yeah. just stuck on the whole idea of free agency in Portland. They're going to overspend. They're going to do this. It's not about free agency, and it's driving me crazy because it's the same people saying the same things over and over and over again. It's not about traditional free agency. Get, well, he mentioned it today. Yes, and that's one of the things we're going to get into. Get that idea out of your head. It is not about – that will be a minor facet of what they do. They are not hoping. They are not hoping. That is not the plan is to hope. They have plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. They have a plan set out in motion with a this is why they have so many paths. So that they can adjust when things change, which is something they could not do until they made these moves. Yeah. That is the big difference. They were rigid. You had a, a previous GM who his path was stuck in, he wasn't gonna move, and they didn't have paths out yep. that he was willing to accept. Right. Now right. they do. That is the huge thing. Yeah. All right, let's get on to another question. How long is your ultimate big picture plan going to take, and how involved has Damian Lillard been? Is he on board, or is he taking a wait-and-see approach? 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Don't know yet how long it'll take. The goal is the sooner the better. We want to be competitive. We want to come out and play and win ball games right away. Sometimes it doesn't break that way, but our goal is to be aggressive this spring and summer and put together a really competitive roster right out of the gate. Um, Damien's been, he's been great. We've been communicating. He communicates with Chauncey and I constantly, and um, he's fully caught up with what our plans are and were and is very integral to, you know, discussions that we have. All right. So basically Cronin is, is resting the elephant in the room. Uh, what does Damian Lillard think about all this? <laughs> I actually love the answer, by the way. I, I thought uh, that that's been the biggest question. I, that's probably the thing outside of like, who are they going to get? Yes. I've been text the most is like, Hey, is Dame's cool with this? Yo, is Dame going to want out now? Like Damian Lillard has been well aware of what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. how long Damian Lillard wants to be committed or be in Portland. I mean, I hope it's the whole career. I do. I'm just going to get out in front of it. I, I am a little biased with it. I want Dame to stay in Portland. I don't want to see him go, right? I've enjoyed watching him play his whole career. But, like, to think that he didn't know what Joe Cronin and the Blazers were going to do, um, I think it's a little foolish to believe that. Like, he's your organizational player. He's your franchise guy. Of course he's got some say. Of course they are listening to what he has to say. And where he's at on rehab, absolutely um, involved with what's gone on so far. And I'm glad that he threw that out there. So people could kind of, okay, 
It's maybe not everything I wanted. It's maybe not as good as I thought it would be, but like the fact that you're telling me the franchise player is in that, that makes me feel a little bit. Yeah, I I think so too. And, and again, Joe alluded to a little bit later in the press conference that talking about uh, CJ that four or five weeks ago. So ladies and gentlemen, Damian Lillard has known the plan for before he had surgery. Huh? Weird. (laughs) So um, I'm not concerned about it. This is the thing. I believe Damian Lillard is giving this, this franchise basically between now and next summer. It's a tight timeline. (laughs) But, but here's the thing. Yeah. When I say that, I don't think, I don't mean that he's giving the franchise between now and next summer to get everything figured out. I think he's basically giving them a whole year to get most of it figured out. Okay. And if they have most of it figured out, he's here. He's a part of this. It's what happens. And with that, because they've reset the repeater penalty, he gets his extension. Everything goes as planned. He stays here. And what ends up happening is, let's say they re-sign Yusuf Nurkic in the offseason. I don't think they think he's a perfect fit, but I think they, they believe that he's an okay fit for now. Is he Does does Yusuf Nurkic scream Chauncey Billups, Joe Cronin basketball? I don't think so. Do you? No. Is he an okay fit? Sure. But I, I think he's as good as, as they think they can do for that position because they're, you're, you're not getting uh, Bridges out of Charlotte. That's a restriction. You're yeah. not getting Aiton. Aiton's playing himself right back into that contract, if not earning more, he's which was idiotic. out of his freaking mind right now. He, he looks like, I mean, it's, it's unreal how good he's becoming. Um, those options are gone. So if you were to address the roster, Danny, what's the areas that they've never really been able to completely hit on? They they haven't been able to replace that four spot. Exactly. So you gear up, you aim for some wing help, and you you gear up to go get a good dimension, you know, uh, multi-dimensional forward to help Dame with. You know my feelings on Nurk, but they probably view this as Maybe we can get him back for two years, sixteen million, two years, seventeen million. You know, if you get- I think the number is going to be double that. But I know, I know, but I think that I think the years are going to be short. And here's and here's the thing, Brandon. Here's the thing. This is what I believe. I believe they're looking to float that, yeah, for a year, and sure. then move him at a deadline. That would make sense. To free up space and get in a guy, either a replacement level, just JaVale McGee type, Brooke Lopez type, whatever you want. If you want a floor spacer, if you want a rim runner, whatever it is. But they have to do something to maintain those salary slots. That that fourteen to eighteen million dollars that the trades that you see all the time, the Josh Richardson deals, right. the Derek White deals, the Bertans deals, all the deals that we just see moving over every deadline, mm-hmm. the Covington deals. I think that's part of where they need to keep that thing going. Is even if they don't necessarily like the fit perfectly. As long as they control the years, as long as they control the money, and they aren't backing themselves into decisions that they have to make as opposed to decisions that they want to make. Because that will get you in a in a bad position very, very quickly. 
No doubt about it. The only thing that concerns me is if their plan can go accordingly and they bring in the players that they've circled and they've highlighted and they've said, it's this dude and that dude. Nurk is going to take a real back seat there. He's going to take maybe the fourth, fifth most important slot of the team. How Yusuf Nurkic handles that, I have no clue. History suggests that it's not going to go well, but I'm willing to be wrong on stuff. I, I don't care if I'm wrong, especially when it comes to the matter of the Blazers playing better than I think and a player fitting in better than I think. But it's, I think it's abundantly clear. They didn't move him. And that, to me, that was a tell that they're, they're, they're looking to sign him again. And here's the thing, when when talking about fit and what could happen and what could shake out, I hopped on with Travis and Chad tonight, and one of the things I said is every single year a team flames out in the playoffs. Every year. And every single year there is a massive reset for yes, a team. Yep. Somebody is going to shake free, and Portland's going to be in a position to be able to make a, a, a variety of different moves to accommodate. So I, I, wanted to, I wanted to address this, and I feel like we did this um, – the day that they traded norm mm -hmm. and, and even CJ I, I've seen a lot of frustrated fans. And again, I totally get it. I'm not going to tell you to suddenly trust the organization. I understand the owner is still the owner. Joe Cronin to me watching the press conference and I'm not, I'm not buying into everything a GM says in a press conference. It's a press conference for God's sake. Yeah. It's more the answers that he chose to give versus the answers. The last guy would choose to give. And again, I might lean a little more optimistic than some today, but what I would say to those people who are pissed, they're not feeling great. It's they blew this mm -hmm. thing up, man. They blew it to living hell. It's going to be awful. They might win six games the rest of the way. What I would say to those people is this. Did you truly in your heart of hearts, did you really think that they were going to be able to trade Norm Powell, trade CJ McCollum and exchange two non all-star players, throw in Cove and turn that into all NBA talent? multi-all-star talent. I think in ideal world, Portland would have wanted to land Ben Simmons in the situation. It didn't pan out. Like the bigger fish are the bigger fish for a reason. They mm -hmm. had better pieces to trade away. Um, you know, Brooklyn ended up giving James Harden away and Philly gave up Ben freaking Simmons. Like you can't match that with CJ McCollum. That's not making up for that deficit. So I understand frustration and not trusting a team, but I would also just say like, are you sure you're that frustrated? Because if you evaluate it, it was very vital for this organization to move off those books, off that contract, and to kind of start anew, end the year, go into the summer fresh, start evaluating then instead of worrying about how we got to trade CJ first, then we'll do plan A, plan B. That's done now. So it's not ideal. We yeah. both wanted Grant. We talked about Grant as hopefully a deadline guy, but we also told you it's not a given but like moving those contracts was vital for their future. Whether that means Dame or no Dame, you had to move off of those books. That was huge. And to think that you were going to get significantly better players for CJ, I think it's a little, it's just a little misguided. I'm seeing a lot of, uh, there's a phrase in here from Jay Biddy. We should yeah. get, get familiar with the phrase that didn't pan out. Yes, you should be familiar with it because you just had seven years of it not panning out. Yeah, that's the thing is I'm 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 getting frustrated with is people are like the thing that you're you're so frustrated with right now you're comparing it to seven years of stupidity. Yes, this seven years should be frustrating you more than the last month and a half. Yeah, 
being mad at Joe Cronin again for taking that giant bundle of cords and unbundling it should not be the thing that bothers you. Yeah. The years that they wasted previously should be what bothers you. And I there's people in here saying, "Yeah, guys, keep staying optimistic to you and I." I am not optimistic. Downer Danny is the default setting, folks. The reason I, I, I am. <laughs> you you may be. I'm just saying in general. <laughs> I'm not optimistic. I'm just looking at a new direction that I have called for. And if it falls flat on its face and we get to see why, we can understand it. That's the, how the process works. Yeah, because I had a you know, I had a, a couple of people tweeted us and you know, I, I love the I love to hear the different thoughts, just the feelings of how different fans are feeling. And a couple of tweets stood out to me. One, you know, this is He's Neil 2.0. Everything Joe Cronin did is the antithesis. Anti- it's the antithesis of Neil O'Shea. And another person was like, he's a worst, he's he's worse or lousy. I, I forgot to bring up the tweet, but it was something to the effect of like worse than Neil. And I just said, guys, I, I get that this season's been bad, but we are totally forgetting what transpired for seven years. That dude beat us down so hard that when we got a new person and we instantly were like, are you going to love us and play with us every five minutes? And <laughs> and when they just wanted to sit next to you and do nothing else, you were like getting mad at them for it. Like I, I want this team to be good. Yes. I I'm blindly choosing to be optimistic in this moment. And I'll tell you why. Cause you know, my, I, some people call me a bummer. Brandon, I will tell you why I'm choosing that one Dame is still committed here. Mm-hmm. That makes me happy. Like this shit storm could have driven him out very quickly and very easily. So he at least seems committed today Two, you know what, if that happens, you at least get to start with Anthony Simons. And that's not a bad place to start, my man. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, talking to folks around the league, they're like, how did you son of a bitch luck into him? And it's been like, I will tell you right now, the way he is viewed is even higher than I thought it was. Oh, it absolutely is. And look, I give Neil credit for evaluating and getting that talent. Mm -hmm. Kudos to Neil. Uh, Good job. Also signing Melo to get in his way last year. Um, but the third and final reason that I'm choosing to stay optimistic, and it's not like I'm, oh, they're going to get so-and-so. Look, if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be bummed too. I am. I'm like, damn, it didn't go well. But I'm also used to it. I've lived in Portland my whole goddamn life. The third reason I'm choosing to be optimistic is Joe Cronin finally did the thing that the last guy refused to do. Yeah. That just in itself, you've earned brownie points with me. I don't care about Jody. Jody sucks. I'm not, I'm not in it with Jody. I'm, I'm looking at Joe, who's the general manager. You did the one thing the last dude refused to do because of ego. I will give you another three months. And that's the thing. It's like when he, when he did what he needed to do, I said, okay, go on. Cause it's like, you, you have my attention. Okay. Like that, that's all this is like, you're selling a plan. And and for everybody saying you're, you're, you know you're you're just buying what he's saying, I don't know how to say this without saying it really bluntly. So I guess I'll just say it bluntly. Mm. I'm gonna sound like a real asshole, but I don't care. I hear wow. more than you guys do. <laughs> like that's just that's just why I I my belief is founded because there are other people that are out there, and what you see written and what you see publicly is not what's talked about privately. And when I look at this, I just go, and it's not like I'm freaking Woj or Shams and I'm that plugged in, but 
I hear enough to where it's like people are, no, what he's doing is really smart. He's giving them a real chance. And it could blow up in their face. Or they could luck into something. Or they could have something up their sleeve. Like, people are like, what do you think they're doing? Like, there's genuine, general, I will say this. The general reaction to almost Neil O'Shea, almost everything Neil O'Shea ever did was, what is he doing? Over and over and over and over again. And yet, every time he did those moves, it took one or two games for everybody to go, you know, I kind of see it now. I kind of get it. It's like, that that's what that was what left me so befuddled was just like how quickly we we fell into that trap every time. If Neil O'Shea was the general manager today, or the, sorry, the president of basketball version, he would have traded Robert Covington for Josh Richardson, and that would have been it. And he would have said, "Well, one we're going to compete for that play-in. We're going to compete for the play-in." And we've added offensive arsenal, which we think will fare very well next to Anthony Simons, who you guys, a lot of, I'm getting a lot of calls, a lot of calls Calls. in the NBA. And he would have traded him before CJ. And that in a nutshell is the difference to me is that's not what Joe did. Joe didn't bring you Jeremy Grant. I'm bummed. It sucks. Joe didn't give you Ben Simmons. It sucks. Mm. Joe cleared the deck for two things. He's either going to go all in on a trade, use these draft picks as as assets, and he's going to go get a player. Maybe it's Jeremy Grant. I don't know. But a player of that kind of caliber, maybe even a little better. They're going to swing hard for a free agent. Maybe not like a top-end one, but a middle-of-the-road good role guy. And they are going to swing for another really good player in a trade. And again, maybe using one of those two first-round draft picks. And if it doesn't work, you trade Dame and get a shit ton of stuff for him. That's the quiet part that we don't want to say out loud. But and I'm not, I don't want to go there we yet. Don't I'm want, just, we don't, exactly. And that's that, part that's of the reason I think you and I are both you. kind of leaning towards the other direction is because that is the nuclear option for everybody that's out there. That is 100% on the table in a year from now. Absolutely. That and is 100% I don't, on the table for me. I don't now. blame either side for getting to no. that point. Because it but, will be best for both franchises going forward. It will. Yes. I love that you called Dame a franchise because that's pretty fitting. I mean, no, I mean, legitimately, that's that's what I mean. <laughs> like, it, he is unto himself. Like, it will be, it will be if if things go. And I'm talking like sideways. Like they maintain the shit show that they are this year through right. the next calendar year, and we get the next trade deadline, and we're sitting here a year from now, and they haven't hit that at least triple. Yeah, that's the thing. They don't need to hit the home run. Like. It doesn't need to be Jalen Brown, but it needs to be at least a triple to be like, sure. okay, I see the vision. But if those things haven't happened by then, mm-hmm. that I'm not saying it, that it happens, but I'm saying that's on the table. It's just to me, it's not about, because here's the other thing. If you don't, if you hate these moves and then you hear somebody like me talk, I don't like the label like team shill. Oh, he, he's a homer. He's a honk. Like guys, mm-hmm. I have given my opinions too many times to count on this team. I've had texts from employees of that team saying, what the fuck are you talking about? I, 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 I've heard it from both ends. I'm either a honk or I hate the team. Like, I can't win in this situation. I'm just telling you how I feel. And what I feel is mm-hmm. this is entirely new than what we've seen for seven yes. years. I don't know if it's going to lead to a better result, but I know it's leading to something different. And I know as of today, 
Damian Lillard is involved in that different. So it's not about buying every single word Joe Cronin said. Look, I rolled my eyes when he said the free agency. We're going to try and Chauncey and Damian, we're going to team up. I rolled my eyes too. I rolled my eyes 100%, but I did appreciate the fact that he didn't go into a five-minute spiel about how it's just not possible at all. Like, Sure, that's fine. If it's entirely true, I don't want to hear you whine about how this isn't available to you. Shut up and figure it out. It's your goddamn job. That's totally fair. But, like, I, I, in that moment, I did what a lot of people, I, I rolled my eyes. Nobody like, comes okay. to Portland for agency. We all know it. Yes, we, we know it. We know it. But I don't have to buy every word he says. It's just about seeing what moves he's made. And I get it. Again, the acquisitions for those players was awful. Folks, it is possible. It's possible that there really wasn't much better out there, that those contracts were just really looked upon very ugly around the league. So I think it's okay to say that too. It doesn't have to just be, he took the shittiest deal and now here we are. He might've taken the best deal for all we know. Yeah. Let's get into in the last little bit here, Joe. We got a few more minutes. Joe, come on. Come along pretty quickly. Is it coming along quicker than you thought? Or pretty much how you thought it was going to go? Yeah. Um, the the shakeup portion of it went a little quicker than I thought. I thought some of it might carry over. I want to stop it right here. It's just a little bit. The shakeup portion went a little bit quicker than I thought. That's what he's hinting at. There is, we didn't think we'd be able to move CJ until the summer. So, I just wanted to kind of point this out. Like the things that I'm I'm calling out. Here's your your background behind it. Over into the summer. Sometimes you just don't find the deals that are there that make sense. And you obviously, you know, try to maximize each individual deal. So I thought there might be a few parts of our shakeup that weren't complete going into the summer, but we were able to basically accomplish all of our goals in those three transactions. Joe, you talked about the different options. You need cap room, trade exception. Have you done any intel on that because cap room generally hasn't been a great way for Portland to go. So are you confident that the trade exception you have options? Yes. And cap room isn't just in free agency for free agents like signings. You can also use it for trades as well. So really the cap room for us is a way to have the optionality in order to go above the $21 million trade exception. So we have the trade exception that you can either trade and acquire players with, or you can sign and trade free agents into. The cap room just gives us another vehicle to increase on that 21 million. So if we need to get to a $30 million number, we can back out further with the cap room, even in a trade. Okay, so there's a lot kind of taken there. There, This is, everything that Joe is talking about here is they didn't think they'd be able to move the big contract, CJ McCollum until the summer that was the gist that's what i've been told uh, somebody in here asked uh, adam asked if they're ready to go into the summer why rush these trades then they didn't rush any trades they found one that made sense for them on pal and covington that accomplished their goals and he, earlier in the press conference the, he kind of opened it up with a five-minute statement i didn't want to play that whole thing but basically he said that move allowed us to make further moves without other teams dangling over the top of us. <laughs> we know you need to get onto the luxury tax mm-hmm. because that's a real thing that happens. And that's part of the reason why the return for Norman Powell, Robert Covington was what it was. 
Well, uh, look, you would probably agree Cove could be used by several teams in a playoff positioning, right? Did you sure. notice who did you notice the what they said like a couple of days after Portland traded him? Teams calling about Robert Covington. Danny, did Robert Covington get traded today? No. Great. So what for was all the best value offer? that's out there for the Clippers that he could have easily recouped for a team that's short on picks for quite a long time. So does it sound like sour grapes from other executives and GMs that are leaking out to make other teams look bad <gasps> for shame? That would never happen in the NBA. Brandon. <laughs> I I just, it's a, it's a manipulative thing that they do in that league more so maybe than any other The Danny but, Ainge uh, special. I would have given up Jordan Clarkson in a first round right. pick. I just, I saw that story a couple days after he was traded and I saw people like, look at this. Kova himself had had all this uh, cachet. And it's like, all right. And the deadline comes and goes. And Robert Covington's a clipper for a team that has no draft capital and is always looking to get the best talent. You're not just settling for Robert Covington for the rest of the year if you're getting a good offer. That means you didn't get a good offer. Mm -hmm. So... I don't want to keep going in the in the video clip. There's, there's one more question, but it's not a, a big deal. We're actually a little bit over what we would have Brandon here for tonight. But I did want to uh, – Ahmad uh, asked another question. If we hit on the lottery, we can put a package together and go get a good wing while still having the cap space to maybe get somebody in free agency. Flexibility. Heaven forbid the Blazers land the number one overall pick. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not you know betting the house on it. I'm not betting the future of this franchise on it. But if they do, if they hit a top two pick, the doors open up, ladies and gentlemen. The doors open up. That's that's what that flexibility does, and that's and again, that would allow them to do a lot. You have some really hard conversations at that point, mm -hmm. and I think you know what I'm getting at there but I, I think you kind of have to in that instance if mm -hmm. you're to get in that situation. Um, and I think it's going to be possible because I think they're going to be the third worst team in the league. They're going to end up right there. They're you, right there. Let, let's let's take a look real quick. You As of right now, standings. Okay. I'm just, just, just checking Tankathon. As of right now, both, both the Blazers would have their eighth pick and the New Orleans pick is number nine. There is a very good chance that the New Orleans pick conveys. And I've seen some people say, well, what if the Pelicans get hot? Shout out Miami. Did you see that game tonight? Did I'm, you see I'm, CJ? What did he finish, 9 of 24? Six, no, 6 of 24. Yeah, he's like 2 of 10 from 3. Yeah. Well, had he gone 9 of 22, it would have been like every other night he had in Portland. Um I think somebody in New Orleans was watching that game tonight and went, oh, this is not what I thought it was. It's like... Hey! <laughs> you check the box score and you're like, oh, not good, Bob. Um, he'll be fine down there. He'll be good. But I don't think that team's going to be good. I don't think they're going to crawl out of that. I think they're going to get in the play-in and then they're going to lose. I don't I mean, think Zion's coming back either. So, I don't think so, either. Yeah. <laughs> so. still in Lake Oswego, folks. Yeah. Shh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> My bad. At least uh, living at the Nike campus. There yeah, you go. There you go. Um, but I, I've, Joe is not an idiot. The protections they put on that pick and the way they structured it, they gave it as good a chance as they could to convey a second lottery pick. Yes, having they did. two lottery picks in a draft is a 
wild proposition to basically throw $30 million in cap space and a $21 million TPE behind. That is the most flexibility the franchise has probably ever had. God forbid they have both picks hit the way the Sonics Blazers did years ago, but they get the two picks. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine if they both popped? You'd have to flex out of... Well, I mean, the, the Pelicans pick is top four protected, but... Oh, oh yeah, touche. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. But I'm just saying... Just imagine, but like it gets it you get one in five or something like. Just well, that's the thing is like if, if it did if it did land top four and then it got bumped <laughs> by somebody else going up top four and it got bumped yeah. back, that yeah. would be insane. Actually, I think if technically if the Blazers were outside of the top four at the lottery and got into the top four and that pick got into the top four, it would bump that pick back. And the Blazers would be four, would be four, and then that Pelicans pick would be we five. Get five, yeah. Back to back four or five. Big cool. Minnesota all over again. Johnny Flynn. Oh God. You imagine oof. Those are bad picks, ladies and gentlemen. But um this is this is where we are right now. The team we have going forward. Wow, I said we. I don't say that too often. Uh the team they have going forward right now is not a good team. It doesn't oh make God, any sense. They have Danny, no, it's so bad. They have no size. I would imagine I, they're gonna look at the buyout market or free agencies. Um, or free agents, I should say. Uh, Moses Brown got waived. Bring him back. Bring back Moses. You want to talk sure. about good vibes? Moses is good vibes. He's also seven sure. one. Yeah. Let poor Trendon Watford play four. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. But the flip side is, if they don't do that, Greg Brown can play more five, which I am all in favor of. I took. I want to show you this picture real. Oh, my phone just died. Damn it. The Blazers tweeted out his alley-oop yesterday. Oh, where he caught it at? So, I, yeah, I paused it. I screenshot. Mm -hmm. Danny, he's... he's He caught it above the box. Here, but he's, like, not at the back. His arms are here, and this is the backboard, the start mm -hmm. of the backboard. It yeah. looks, like, impossible for him to finish that yeah. dunk. And just yet it made it look pitch. easy. Uh, I want to ask you real quick. Mm -hmm. His comment on Joe Ingles. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit surprising to say we have Joe Ingles' bird rights. I was like, Joe, Joe Ingles is one of my favorite role players of this modern generation. Talks a whole heap of shit. Um, just plays the game the way I like to play. He does make sense from a mentality standpoint for Chauncey, sure. but he's also washed athletically. Yeah, as I say, he didn't. People hadn't seen him play before the injury. He wasn't having his normal. He had an unreal season last year. Legitimately should have won six man of the year over his teammate, Jordan Clarkson, uh, for what he did. Um, but listen, if they were able to get Jinglin Joe on a deal to come here, just on the nostalgia alone, I think I'd allow it. I'd buy that jersey in a heartbeat. I'd say that was probably the biggest thing for Portland fan is that they could buy a Joe Ingles jersey. Listen, I know it's a white guy in Portland and all that. They got to keep their ratio. I just, <laughs> I just, I love Joe. I always have. The second like, he like really came to power in in Utah, I was like, this guy's fun. Like he yeah. just plays the game the way I love it. Yep. Um, I would still be very surprised if he was on this team, but you know, could be know. a fun fallback. Yeah, I hope I hope Joe's recovering and chilling, and just stay at home. Uh, Eric Brantetti says uh, Ingles isn't even leaving Utah right now. Nah, he's staying. He's not reporting to the team. 
No, he didn't. No, I, I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm no, not no. For people out there, I just uh, people are asking, why did we give up Nah for Ingles? Nah isn't good. <laughs> when your primary thing is shooting and you're not good at it, and you can't make your shots, that's it's the like problem. a career like thirty nine point six percent shooter. A lot of people in New Orleans, including our boy Evan, basically saying, good luck with that one. Yeah, they all said the same thing. That's why I was like, I want Hayes. I want Hayes so much more. But I again, know. That was, that was too much value because all of a sudden he's turning into the people, the, turning into the people, turning into the person that they kind of thought he could be. Yeah. Um, do we keep Bledsoe and does he play? They did say that they do plan on keeping him. I think yeah, they keep him, him through the deadline. I don't, I don't know. Will they buy him out? I thought they said they weren't going to. Stories can change. Yeah, exactly. See, this is why you don't believe every word. Exactly. Yeah. So it's uh, it's unfortunate. Yes, I just said Joe's washed. If I said, and I also said, if they got him for a freaking discount and they brought him here for nostalgia just for me alone, yes, I'm okay with that. You want me to admit my biases? There you go. I told you before I answered it. Good God, there- people. There'd be a picture right next to Ant's picture behind Danny's. Uh, oh, I would wall. absolutely. I would commission Evan M to make me a Joe Ingles painting. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Evan, if you're watching or if you're listening later, if that happens, you need to ha- get on board with that. You will sell so many. Um, but on that note, we will get out of here. We appreciate you guys. We love you. Thank you. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. Again, if you are new here, welcome. If you're a returner, we love you. We love you all. Uh, but please click the subscribe button. Help us grow. We are just short of 2,800. Uh, we are on our way to 3,000. I would imagine we hit that pretty darn quick. Um, and again, help us chase our goal of hitting 4,000 by the end of the year. Uh, you can find us on social media at Jack Ramsey's, at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague, Jack Ramsey's at gmail.com. Off day tomorrow, Brandon. We got a Friday off. We do. There might be a problem with Saturday. I'll tell you about that. Um, okay. Well, I didn't know what time the tip was. Oh, yeah. yeah. About that. Saw that and was like, what? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say, because we got some tweets today. Mm-hmm. I love them. I can disagree with a lot of what you guys are saying. I oh, I'll get angry at what you're saying, but please continue tweeting at us. I love, well, I just love to see how or why you feel the way you feel. People care. different from how I feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I can appreciate that. We don't have to agree on every part of this, right? The roster building and the revamping and retooling, whatever you want to call this, um, we're not going to all agree on that. That's fine. But I love to hear why people feel the way that they do. It's, it's fun. Even when you see me, even even when you see me lose my shit, sometimes I enjoy it. That's why I keep my blood pressure spiked at all times. It ain't that serious. We're talking about basketball here. It's not like we're talking about anything. It's a blast. So again, thank you all. We love you. We appreciate you. We will always, 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 uh, as long as you guys are being respectful, argue with us. It's part of what makes this stuff fun. Um, as always, we will have the watch party up this weekend too. Uh, and I will probably be sitting down with Ant tomorrow afternoon to talk to him, uh, for the, the piece we have coming out one after the surgery. So, uh, and that's only six days away. We, there's your, we, um, that's your, that's your last we until the next trade deadline. Can't believe you stole that from John Holland. You sure. <laughs> I, st- I couldn't believe it when he did that. I could not believe it when he did that. Sir, this is my corner. Uh, I'll say this. Don't, don't underestimate the fact that he may have seen that at some point. I fairly certain it was seen. Um, but thank you guys all so very much. You guys all have a great night. We will catch you on Saturday. Uh, and until then, take care. Talk soon. Bye.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com